Hey, what is up? I like asses and titties. <laughs> uh, Alright. Um, so, reason for that, we got our first two playoff teams we're talking about. No offense to the other guys, but obviously the playoff teams are a bit more exciting to evaluate how they got there, who they have that drove them there, stuff like that. Um, we'll be talking about the six seed and five seed in the playoffs, which have been already performing absolutely handsomely. Um, already both looking potential decent spots to legitly win uh, their matchups to go to the championships, which means the five and six would sweep through all the playoffs. Um, almost kind of hope that doesn't happen because that's a little embarrassing for everyone else. But hey, you know, they're killing it. So, yeah. Um, but is Playboy Roy Toy 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 Toy, Grouper Man, big old group. And we got Pool Pals D. Simone, um, Mr. Washington Man. So, first we'll talk about Pool Pals because they were the sixth seed. Um, they were seventh in overall pickups. Um, which is towards the bottom end, but it doesn't mean like they were like not picking people up. Like I said, this was a really competitive league this year, so they're towards the middle of the pack, even with being in seventh. Uh, everyone, a lot of people in the 120, 140 range. So he's right there with them with 121. Um, and overall, they ended with 103 wins, 109 losses, and eight ties. So losing record, but still popped in onto the, um, into that six seed because it was a top-heavy year. But like I said, it seems to not matter because him and uh, Playboy, even going into the playoffs with losing records, have been hot at the right time. Uh, so in general, for the, his schedule, easy way to put this, there's a reason why there was a at one to- point called a Simone bye week. It did seem like Simone was going to be the the no better way of putting it but the rock that's kicked around the league that people are able to beat up on for a little bit with four straight losses in the season skankies he was 2-8 then he starts off goes off against the show 3-7 goes off against kfc 3-7 and as we know now towards the end of the season those are two bottom tier teams and then plays playboy Roy and barely loses 4-5-1 nice part about his season though is he bounced back with two straight big wins and then another big loss. So, like, just overall, his beginning of the season was just terrible. Even when he was getting some big wins, he was matching them with big losses. Like, week 8, 6-3-1 against Iron Dome. Then he plays me, loses 3-6-1. So, it just kind of cancels that out. Beats Skankies. Huge matchup, because that's a good team. 8-1-1. Guess what? Then loses to the show, 3-7. So, it starts to cancel that out a bit. Then a big win, 8-2 against KFC. And then loses 2-7-1. Is uncanny. And another one. Then plays Vibrator 7-3. And loses 8-2 and 3-7 to Playboy Roy and Fear Boner. So it was just, it was really unfortunate bad timing that every big win just kept getting handed with a loss that would just bring him back to level. And his beginning of the season being so terrible um, made it so that he stayed at a below par average record. Because he had a bad base, and then he would click up, 
and then have a similar knock back down, a kick up, similar knock back down. So he, he was normally towards the, in the season towards the bottom half of the power rankings because it was so hard to rank him high because he kept getting kicked right back down. So it was like a bad start, a really bad start. An okay, strongish middle at times, like I said, getting kicked back down. But here's the difference. That late season resurgence, all the way from, I'd say, week 17 to week 22, had one loss. It was only against the Skankies, which is a strong team, who he's playing now and beating in the playoffs. And all ties and wins from that point. So that really counteracted that beginning half of the season. And he's able, with some help from other teams losing, knock in that 60. So... That's pretty much how his season went with the schedule and matchups and whatnot. Was able to actually even perform pretty admirably, admirably against his um, against his uh, rivals. Where he, it's got to be tough having the Skankies as a rival, and he was almost level with them. Um, the show he needed to beat more, but uh, he was even did well against uh, KFC, who he had a. Um, he he was the one who coined the term on bye week. Was able to overall beat him on the season. He was another rival of his, so he had a pretty good year, um, considering where it started. So definitely, um, when you're talking about his team in general, his prominent players, uh, he opted to go early with a early draft pick into catcher with Real Muto. Didn't super pan out, but considering especially recently, Real Muto has been a big part of his playoff run. You could say it did work out. Um, definitely doing better than most catchers around the league for sure. Uh, and if you're taking a catcher that high where you, he took him, you need that guy to do that. Um, just I would say he probably would even say himself he expected a bit more from a top 70 pick. But regardless, doing really well. Cronenworth, guy I wanted so bad in the draft. He ends up being a really good lock on the team for a bit of power, but more importantly, average and runs. Just great. He's picked up a few players along the way, and his outfield, his whole outfield is almost fully picked up because Trout has never come back around to play, unfortunately, and at this point, why would the Angels bring him back? And Brantley, all the all all year, was a great average guy, but he seems to do nothing else but get a batting average, which is unfortunate because he's hitting so often you'd expect other things to happen. Um, but almost his whole outfield's picked up, and, and they're good. Um, Avisail. My brother even told me to draft, uh, trade for him at one point and even pick him up. I didn't listen. Dude's almost got 30 homers and 85 RBIs now with a 270 average. Renfro has been amazing, especially recently. Uh, Robbie Grossman has some stolen bases. He's been passed around the league. And Soler and Benintendi, when they get hot, have been played well, especially since Soler has gone to Atlanta. Um, but the real bruisers on this team, I, there's no huge power on the team in general. Um, the team is... Middle tier in hitting, if anything, you could say middle bottom. Uh, worst in stolen bases in the whole league. Only really, really had two stolen base guys. And Tim Anderson, for sure, middle teens. And then Robbie Grossman, you can't even say that one, though, because he was barely on the team most of the, most of the year. So there's that. But fourth in average in RBIs, and that's great. That, those are two categories that were really locks for him. But bottom three in runs, homers, and stolen bases, you would probably say middle bottom of the league in hitting. And middle of the league in pitching. Um, when you look at his pitching, he does have some good guys. Hader's been really nice this season, for sure. Awesome. 92 Ks and 53 innings with 33 saves. Will Smith at times had looked shaky, but overall, you really look at the end of the season, 33 saves also with 77 Ks. He's been great. 
Colome, who we picked up recently, is another good, decent saves guy. Robbie Ray has just been light out this year. Kershaw, when active, he's had some injuries. Been great. And Max Scherzer. Getting an ace where he did, because he did have the shaky, uh, uh, shaky 2020 60-game uh, season. Cool Pal still opted to take him at the end of that first round. Um, oh, no. No, he didn't. I'm sorry. He tr- It only shows that on the app. He took him more in, like, the middle tier rounds. Uh, middle, like, beginning. Um, because he traded away a lot of his early picks. And he still ended up getting a full-on blown ace. 174 innings pitched. 108 hits. And 36 walks in 174 innings. Leads to a .83 whip. From a starting pitcher on the year. Since he's gone to LA, dominant. Um, and some other guys have been decent too. Hunjin Ryu has been up and down. Husker Nuyanoa, he just picked up, so that doesn't really count. Um, Mats, who we picked up somewhat recently as well, has been good. But the base has been the three starters and Robbie, Kirsch, Scherzer, and Hader and Will Smith have been like his guys. But still, he's only, you know, he's really middle tier in the league in general in pitching. So it was just really just. A team that's been more solid, especially recently, to push them into the playoffs. Nothing completely overwhelming that they put out. And that's no offense to them at all. Um, When you're looking at the draft comp, um, from what I said that they would be out of the draft, I literally ranked them first. Uh, I liked their team a lot, the Pool Pals. And I thought the hitting was just really solid all around. Said top hitters would be LeMayhew. Ended up being dead wrong. He just has not produced any bit like he was in the past. I thought he'd be a really solid lock for that average that runs and be able to drive in good runs because he has been able to for the Yankees. Not this year. Jose Abreu, dead right. Guy is just always a freaking lock for 30 and 100, man. Uh, Never going to kill you an average either. So Abreu has been great. And Marcelo Zuna, who decided to instead hit his girlfriend or wife or one of the two. So that didn't work out. That's not definitely not one of his better guys. Um, it would be, probably be more towards Correa or Tim Anderson or someone like that. Um, another very strong draft from Pool Pals. Like I, in the 60-game season last year, he also had a good year. I ended up uh, coming in, I believe, first in record last year in the 60-game, but, but was a quick exit out of the playoffs. Um, with probably the strongest infield in the league. Turns out I was pretty generally wrong. Chapman hasn't been all too great. Batting 219. Correa has been good. And Tim Anderson have been good. Uh, Yuri's been good. Yuli, Guriel. Batting almost 3 freaking 20. Wow. Um, not much pop, but who cares if you're hitting 320. Uh, but LeMayhew uh, kind of kills it. But still a great infield. I just wouldn't say it's technically strongest. Because um, some people have like big boppers like the Skankies having two big bats. And um, Vlad Guerrero and Salvi. That's probably more dominant in general. And I'm sure also the team I'm going to talk about next has a very good infield too, but we'll get to that. Um, Pool Piles came up with a strong team across the board. I do agree to that to a strong, uh, to a certain extent, but the outfield ended up being overall too weak over the season to say that for sure. They've gotten stronger since, but that's why they're still t- middle, bottom tier hitting team. So I was wrong about that. I was, I was technically wrong about the A- minus in general. A minus was given for the lack of speed in the lineup. That is true. They were end up last in, in stolen bases. But the mix of average with counting stats is worth its ranking. Wrong. <laughs> the average is great from this team for sure. Um, but the, the power stats just weren't there, unfortunately. 
Um, if the outfield comes together with people playing like they were last year, which as we know, they, the outfield did not come together like that, and some guys step up to be legit contributors, this Hain could compete with the best. It is competing with the best right now, but I do think that I was generally wrong about that grading. Uh, when it comes to pitching, I gave a B plus. Top pitcher Scherzer, Kirsch, and Hader ends up being Scherzer, Robbie Ray, and Hader. Seems to have a great mix of starting pitching and closing for all around staff. Yes, only issue is that it's thin. Like I said, after those five guys, it's a bunch of more fringe players who he's picked up. Still decent fringe guys, but they are fringe. Two of his closers have a locked up role. True. Um, which is more than some people can say. Pool Pal Stars also could be really a strength. The three starters were, like I said, the depth was an issue. I rated this team high last year. Looks like I will have to again as they were able to put up uh, to pull four opening day starters. I don't know who the other one was at this point, but only got three now. And some good value picks in Keuchel. That didn't work out. Sorry. And May, Trevor May. Not Trevor May? If he gets the job, which he didn't. Uh, now just to hope and pray for the health of Kershaw and Carrasco. Carrasco, obviously injured in spring training, never really came back, and when he did, wasn't very good, and he wasn't even on this team anymore. Kershaw, hell yeah, he's done very well. 20 walks, 115 innings, crazy as well. So, that's Pool Pals in general. Pretty good team, and they they ran through me in the playoffs. I mean, don't get me wrong, my team gave no pushback to anything he was doing. It's more my team's fault than his team playing super great, but his team did definitely enough to win, I mean, I'm not putting his team down at all. They played great. So, um, Pool Pals is an outside chance right now. If they can keep going the way they're going to a championship run. We'll see. I believe that would be their first ever. They have not gotten, uh, I don't think gotten to a championship either. So, be exciting to see. Now, off to Playboy. Uh, when we talk about Playboy Island, Mr. Roy Toy 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 Toy, Mr. No One Wants to Play in the Playoff, um, there's a team, he's a team at early on in the season, seemed like a bunch of, uh, definitely had the hitting, no one ever denied that, but the pitching was super rough, and when you look at his end of the season stats in some pitching type categories, uh, they technically were. He did his strategy though, ended up with the most moves in the league by a pretty decent margin, 182, next closest was the show, as I mentioned earlier, 145, so... Definitely was on point with that. But last in the league in our Aaron Whip. Did not get saves. Only ever got one. Uh, no, only ever got three, which is higher than Iron Dome's one. So nothing really there. But wins in case. It's his strategy. It's what he wants to do. He's able to get top three in both. So can't knock him too much if his strategy's working. Ended up with a 104 wins, 105 losses, 11 ties, which brings him just barely below that uh, 50% winning percentage. And he ended up having a pretty good year and slipping in at the five seed again with some help from teams like The Show and Tots having really bad downfalls at the end of the season. Um, then when you talk about his schedule in general, um, you know, they had a pretty strong beginning. Uh, I'd say very strong. Uh, came out pretty hugely against The Show. With the show having a decent first week, actually stat-wise, which is one of his better weeks hitting, uh, Playboy, Roy Toy, puts him down. Then has a tie against KFC, which is unfortunate. I know KFC was a stronger team then, but, you know, they're not super strong. But then rolls off three straight big wins against me, 4-6, 
garbage. 5-4-1 against Pool Pals, and then 9-1 against Skankies. Then takes two big losses and answers back with another big win against Fear Boners. Okay. Even with the two big losses against Five Raiders and Iron Dome, still sitting pretty good because you got some big wins from early on in the season. But then another roll came around. 1-9-2-7-1 and 3-6-1 against Tots, The Show, and KFC. All teams that missed the playoffs. Uh, this team just was not hitting like they were normally hitting on, on the season and uh, put themselves in a pretty bad spot to erase everything they did early in the season. So their middle of the season was pretty rough. Uh, and then the 6-4 against me and the 7-2-1 against Pool Pals was not enough because then he answers back with a 2-8 against Skanky. So he, another team team like play, uh, Pool Pals where they win a bit but then kick themselves back down. Um and then you get towards the end of the season, had a few other decent wins, but um, it was really up and down at that point, uh, more of an average ending. But here's the big thing, a 6-4 against KFC and an 8-2 against the show solidifies playoff run. Yes, was it shaky towards the end still with losing a little bit too much and not being able to string enough bigger wins? Because there's a stretch from week 16 to week 20 where you're, he's 4-6, 5-4-1, 3-6-1, 3-5-2-4-6. No progression there and only small fallback. It was huge to get those last two matchups like they did. So Playboy having some redemption at the end of the season. And then ends up getting a decent win against uh, the Vibrators. The four seed uh, takes them out and now is looking pretty handsomely against Fear Boners. And we'll see how that matchup goes. Um, which would then get them also a playoff run and be able to have a chance to repeat. Uh, not repeat, to get back in like they did in 2019. So we'll see. Um, talking about prominent players for this team, they really like Wilson Contreras, but he's been super whatever. I'd say the guys that are really nice, although he's playing Muncie at first base, if Muncie was more of like a second or a third baseman, uh, because those positions are a bit weaker, he'd be even stronger, but even as a first baseman. 90-90-35 RBI uh, homers. Fantastic. Jean Segura has had his up and downs, but batting 300. Justin Turner has been decently nice. Solid-ass player all year. But Marcus Simeon, I don't know what kind of fucking steroids this guy's on, but holy crap. Like, he's never done remotely like this. Like, he's had times in his career where he's been a good player. Especially two years ago, 2019, I think it was actually, um, with the Athletics. And then last year or two years, maybe it was 2018, 2018, 2019, somewhere there, where he had like a 30 homer year and he looked like a good shortstop. But then it faltered, so people were like, oh, maybe it's a flash in the pan. No, it isn't. He got some freaking support in the lineup, and the dude's hitting 41 bombs. 15 stolen bases. Yep. Uh, two things. Oh, you're on there. Yeah. He wants you on the stage. Oh, okay. Well, that's the first that that's happened, but you had to know it was going to come at some point. Someone walking into my room. Bear with me. <laughs> Anyway, all I'm trying to say about this lineup in general is you got a bunch of guys there touch the, close to touching 30 homers. Uh, Goldschmidt will get there. Soto will get there. Luis Rover got hurt, but I'm sure he would have gotten there. And even with him not getting uh, with him getting hurt, hitting 355 since coming back. Stanton's there with 31. Adolis, a great pickup by him with 30. Bryce Harper is 33. Uh, obviously, Simeon already has it. Muncie already has it. So there's just the power on this team in general county numbers. Fantastic. Um, and they can pretty much hurt you in 
just about any hitting category, even stolen bases. Fourth in stolen bases in the league. So, uh, definitely, I'd say overall, the top hitting team. Skankies gives them a run for their money with the two boppers and Vlad and Salvi. But I think overall, this team might be the most balanced. And then, as we've talked about the pitching, it's almost no offense to him. Not even particularly worth talking about. And he would even probably even agree. Because he's just slamming Kays and wins. That's the strategy. That's what you're trying to do. None of his guys have performed absolutely admirably, but we can talk about the ones who have. Uh, Eduardo Rodriguez has been on the roster all year. He has 200, uh, I mean, sorry, 170 Ks and 11 wins, but a 5 ERA and a 1-4 whip. So, you know, whatever about him. But Woodruff. Woodruff has been good. Under 1 whip. 2-5 ERA, 11 wins, I mean, 9 wins is not quite enough, especially for a team like Milwaukee who's already clinched. You expect their ace to have more wins. Unfortunately, didn't happen, didn't get the run support, whatever it was. But 210 case, awesome. Uh, then other guys who are prominent on the team who have been there for a while, I would say uh, Adrian Hauser he's had for a bit, and he's been decent. A 3-3 ERA, 1-3 uh, whip. Yavaldi. Uh, 10 wins, 190 Ks, 3-6 uh, ERA, 117 whip. You know, so there wasn't anyone who were huge mainstays here, so there's no one crazy to talk about, but there's a reason why the ERA and whip are so bad. He concedes saves, so don't even worry about that. ERA and whip are so bad, it's because it's just a bunch of fringe guys, and that's fine because it works for his strategy. So, anyway, talking now, the last thing we'll talk about going into the... Uh, draft overview after right after the draft what I ranked him ranked him an A in hitting which I believe was the best overall grade I'm going to check to make sure for sure it was the best overall grade yeah just beat out the Skankies as the best overall grade uh, Soto Trevor Story and Bryce Harper best hitters mm, you can you leave Soto in there for sure Trevor Story no you could probably switch that with like Goldschmidt probably and uh, Harper you could probably leave Harper in there, too, with a 310 average, 33 bombs. Yeah. Um, but you need Simeon in there. I just remembered that. Definitely need Simeon in there. <laughs> um, nothing more to say than this hitting is a potential onslaught of talent. Dead true. Legit power all over the board on the top of an outfield. That is definitely true with Soto, Robert at the time, and Stanton, who got uh, outfield eligibility. I'm sure he's very happy about that. And Harper. Uh, those guys can definitely be big-ass contributors to a lineup. And that has potential speed, which, as we know, they do, because they were ended up fourth in stolen bases. Um, guys like Trevor Story also stole, Simeon. Uh, Goldschmidt always steals a little, so and Harper can steal a bit, too. Um, Roy's boys <laughs> will be tough to handle as long as health is maintained. It mostly did. I know Stan had some stints, I think, but he's had almost 500 at-bats. You're happy if you get that from him. The Robert injury is unfortunate, obviously. Uh, even Soto, I think, did go down for a little. So injuries have not been that bad, but they, he has had a couple. Um, especially if guys like Stanton stay healthy. Yes, like I just said, he did. Nobody other than Muncie will sink the average. Muncie ended up not sinking it too bad. A 250 average is good for him, especially with what all the other stuff he's putting out. But if Soto can hit a whopping 351 batting average again, which is what he did in the 60 game, he didn't. But he hit 320, freaking 5. So you're not mad. Um, I guess it doesn't really matter. Potential to be best hitting team. If the chips fall right, I still think I was right. It probably is. Uh, 
And then the pitching, best pitchers I put Woodruff, true. Lazardo, he fell apart. That's a no. And Manaya, I'm going to say Manaya might even still be true too. But uh, I would I would get rid of Lazardo for a Yavaldi. And I'll keep Manaya. He should not have dropped him a couple weeks ago. I know he did because he felt he needed to for pickups and stuff. But I still think he was definitely one of the stronger pitchers over the year. Top three pitchers are fine. Again, Lazardo out. Yavaldi in. Woodruff could be an ace for sure, which he ended up being. But the other two are more set pieces behind your workhorse that have potential to rise up higher. That is true. Um, unfortunately, Manaya did rise up for the most part. Lazardo didn't. Uh, Woodruff now needs to be lights out, which I was skeptical early in the season. Clearly, I was wrong. Woodruff has been one of the better pitchers for sure. And many others to have a, a consistently serviceable team. Hey, this team wasn't looking for consistently serviceable. They were looking for pickups. So no issue. That being said, one player has a dead arm to start the season. Uh, Eduardo Rodriguez. He didn't end up coming back, though, but he did not have a good season. Uh, and a few others have inconsistent jobs. Don't even know what I was talking about at this point, but I'm I'm sure that I probably was somewhat right. <laughs> and the other uh, others are bets on players coming off bad seasons to come back into form. They are they were long gone dropped dropped by now, so whatever. I'm sure Play, Playboy will be happy regardless as to pile up the K numbers. They're just not sure if ERA and Whip are in hand anymore. Yeah, pretty spot on. But looks like this team doesn't need it if the hitting keeps doing what it's doing. So. That's been this team's uh, strategy. Obviously, the overall best strategy is to have ERA whip, K's wins, and then at least four hitting categories. That's what they'd like, to get those eight twos and have a solid, handsome win. But right now, they're looking at six fours and stuff like that, or even seven threes because they've been getting stolen bases um, with K's and wins. And that's fine. That's strategy that's worked for them. And like I said earlier, they're rolling through the playoffs a bit too. They... More handsomely than not beat the Vibrators. I mean, the Vibrators didn't put up a whole lot of resistance in that RBIs were close. But if you look at hitting, stolen bases weren't all that close. Average definitely wasn't. Homers weren't. Runs weren't. Not even close. Uh, K's ended up coming close because Vibrators had that late push. Um, But K's over 100 in a playoff matchup. That's awesome. That's what you want. And Vibrators was lucky to even get 90. Uh, And then the other categories they don't care about because they already won all the others. So... That's how they play, and that's how they win. Um, and now they're playing the Fear Boners. It's a 6-3-1 at the moment as I'm looking at it. We'll see how they do. But, uh, yeah, we'll just see how this team does in general. You never know. Um, if these both these teams I've talked about end up being our championship matchup. It's a possibility. It really is. So, anyway, that is it. I'm